Welcome to the Good News Ride Home for Monday, August 17th, 2020. I'm Jackson Bird. A bit of a housekeeping announcement before we dive in today. Starting tomorrow, the Good News Ride Home will become the Kotki Ride Home. No change to the content of the show or anything like that, just a name change, because we are now partnering with Kotke.org. That is K-O-T-T-K-E. If you're not familiar, Kotke.org, run by Jason Kotke, is a legend in the internet world, pioneering concepts like the permalink and modern patronage models before Patreon and Kickstarter, and even Tumblelogs before Tumblr. For the past 20 years, Kotki.org has been sharing the most interesting content on the internet every day, much in the same way that we do here. We cover a lot of the same topics with a similar aim, so we are thrilled to be partnering with Kotki.org on this show and becoming the Kotki Ride Home. And again, because this show and Kotki.org are such kindred spirits, nothing about the show is changing beyond the name. So tomorrow, look out for the name change, the Kotki Ride Home, and a new logo when you scroll through your feed. But when you listen, it will be just the same as it has been all summer. And with that, here is today's show. Scientists find that the butterfly effect does not exist in the quantum world. Dennis Quaid has adopted a new cat named Dennis Quaid. The mural in Warsaw that eats smog... And the curious case of beer hidden in the shelves of the Walla Walla Public Library. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. A new paper published in the journal APS Physics this summer shows that the so-called butterfly effect doesn't actually exist in the quantum realm. Now, this is great news both for understanding the end of Avengers Endgame and for anyone interested in a career in academics because apparently some people out there get to study and publish papers about time travel as their actual jobs. Well, alright, to be fair, one of the researchers, Ben Yan, did say that their finding was not really about time travel because, quote, "...physicists do not have an answer yet to tell whether it is possible and how to do time travel in the real world." End quote. But they are using it as an example to explain their research. Now, as much as I love time travel, getting into the applied science of it all can turn my brain into soup, so to make sure that I don't miscommunicate anything here, I'm going to be quoting pretty heavily from a Vice article discussing the paper. But first, let's start with an overview of just what the butterfly effect is. It's called that because of the Ray Bradbury short story A Sound of Thunder, in which a time traveler goes way far back in time, steps on a butterfly, and then returns to a drastically altered world. He didn't even have to accidentally leave behind a sports almanac or anything. He just stepped on a butterfly. Quoting Vice, The world does not behave in a neat, ordered way. If it did, identical events would always produce the same patterns of knock-on effects, and the future world would be entirely predictable or deterministic. Chaos theory claims that the opposite, total randomness, is not our situation either. We exist somewhere in the middle, in a world that often appears random, but in fact obeys rules and patterns, end quote. Now, even with rules and patterns, they aren't always perceptible, like the flapping of butterfly wings causing a tornado, which may seem completely random because who would have traced it back to the flapping of butterfly wings? Quoting again, 
Another feature of chaos is that even though the rules are deterministic, the future is not predictable in the long term. Since chaos is so sensitive to small variations, there are near infinite ways the rules could play out, and we would need to know an impossible amount of detail about the present and past to map out exactly how the world will evolve. Similarly, you can't reverse-engineer some piece of information about the past simply by knowing the current and even future situations. Time travel doesn't help retrieve past information, because even moving backwards in time, the chaotic system is still in play and will produce unpredictable effects. Unscrambling information which has previously been scrambled is not straightforward in a chaotic system. Yan and Sunitsyn's key discovery is that it is nonetheless possible in quantum computing to get enough information via time reversal, which will then enable information unscrambling." End quote. This information unscrambling piece is the important bit that Yan and Sinistin were actually studying, and which is the real breakthrough in their research. But what the heck is information unscrambling? Quote, in quantum information theory, scrambling occurs when the information encoded in each quantum particle is split up and redistributed across multiple quantum particles in the same quantum system. The scrambling is not random, since information redistribution relies on quantum entanglement, which means that the states of some quantum particles are dependent on each other. Although the scrambled result is seemingly chaotic, the information can be put back together, at least in principle, using the entangled relationships. Importantly, information scrambling is not the same as information loss. For example, information loss occurs when a document is permanently deleted on your computer. For information scrambling, imagine cutting and pasting tiny bits of one computer file into every other file on your machine. Each file now contains a mess of information snippets. You could reconstruct the original files if you remembered exactly which bits were cut and pasted and did the entire process in reverse." End quote. Information unscrambling is important because it could explain what happens to information when it gets sucked into a black hole. But it could also be a way for quantum computers to store and hide information and to make efficient quantum simulators, or even to protect information using quantum cryptography. So in the thought experiment conducted by Yan and Sinitsyn, they had two players, Alice and Bob. And to super strip this down, Alice wanted to hide a piece of information by scrambling it across all of the qubits, or quantum information units. Bob hacks the qubits to get the information, believes a trail of destruction, destroying all of the quantum correlations between the original and other qubits. So Alice needs to go back in time in order to access her information, and she uses a time-reversed evolution operator. Quoting Vice, Her time reversal is not actually time travel the way that we understand it from science fiction. It is literally a reversal of time's direction. The system evolves backwards, following whatever dynamics are in play, rather than Alice herself revisiting an earlier time. If the butterfly effect held in the quantum world, then this backwards evolution would actually increase the damage Bob has caused, and Alice would only be able to retrieve the hidden information if she knew exactly what that damage was and could correct her calculations accordingly. Luckily for Alice, quantum systems behave totally differently to non-quantum, or classical or semi-classical, chaotic systems. What Yan and Sinitsyn found is that she can apply her time reversal operation and end up at an earlier state, which will not be identical with the initial system she set up. But it will also not have increased the damage which occurred later. Alice can then reconstruct her initial system using a method of quantum unscrambling called quantum state tomography. 
What this means is that a quantum system can effectively heal and even recover information that was scrambled in the past without the chaos of the butterfly effect. End quote. So while this may not mean anything practically for us layfolk, and it does not mean time travel exists just yet, it is definitely a fascinating step forward in the understanding of the quantum world and its foreign-to-us relationship to time. As well as practically relevant for quantum processors and the companies like Google and IBM who are racing to achieve quantum supremacy, or the ability for quantum computers to solve classically unsolvable problems in a practical time frame. But then again, once you bring quantum physics into this, what even is time, dude? And if your head is totally spinning and you want to go back to the nice, simple world of fictional time travel, I recently picked up a copy of the anthology The Time Traveler's Almanac, edited by Anne and Jeff Vandermeer. It includes all of the classics like Bradbury's A Sound of Thunder and short stories by Douglas Adams, Ursula K. Le Guin, Isaac Asimov, and George R.R. R. Martin, but also some lesser-known writers, in total making it 72 time travel stories in one book. I have been thoroughly enjoying it, so check it out if you are into time travel. Again, it's called The Time Traveler's Almanac. Link in the show notes. Alright, after all of that quantum physics, we might need a bit of a palate cleanser here. So, Dennis Quaid has adopted a cat, also named Dennis Quaid. So basically, a local news outlet did a piece about a cat at the Lynchburg Humane Society in Virginia who was named Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid, the actor, got wind of it and decided to adopt the cat. He said, quote, It was really off the wall, but I just couldn't resist. I had to. I'm out to save all the Dennis Quaids of the world. End quote. But here is the actual weirdest part of the story to me. Dennis Quaid, the actor, apparently has a podcast with his friend Jimmy Jelinek called The Pet Show. It is literally a twice-weekly podcast co-hosted by the pair of them, although Jimmy is much more heavily involved, discussing, quote, the brave new world of emerging pet culture, the absolute latest in pet care, pet style, pet media, and celebrity pet influencers, the world's first podcast with a purpose. End quote. Yes, Dennis Quaid low-key has a regular podcast about pets that even uses terrible puns in its marketing. And you've got to listen. I mean, it's a genuinely interesting show. Recent episodes include a deep dive into the Cold War era CIA spy cats and also the CatCon Expo. But it's also just bizarre knowing who's behind it. And the opening theme song might be the best podcast one I've ever heard. Jimmy Jelinek and Dennis Quaid. So, yeah, because he's got his paw on the pulse of everything up and coming in pet culture, it is less surprising now that Quaid heard about his feline namesake. He and Jelinek decided to adopt the Virginia-based cat to be their office pet. Daniel Ulmer, the Lynchburg Humane Society Adoption Center manager, first thought it was a prank when Quaid and Jelinek got in touch and had to be convinced that they were real before hopping onto a Zoom call with them and initiating the adoption process. 
It sounds like they flew to Virginia this past weekend to pick up Kitty Dennis Quaid, so maybe we will hear about the adventure on an upcoming episode of The Pet Show. Warsaw, Poland has become the latest city to hop on what is apparently a trend of creating public artwork that cleans city air. Specifically, murals made out of paint with sun-activated smog-cleaning pigments. Quoting the Good News Network, Organized by the sportswear company Converse as part of their City Forests campaign, the mural was produced using photocatalytic paint with titanium dioxide that attracts airborne pollutants before converting them into harmless nitrates through a chemical process involving sunlight. Through this process, the mural reportedly purifies the surrounding air equal to 720 trees. And when the campaign is finished, the murals spread across several countries should be doing the work of 3,000. End quote. This particular mural in Warsaw is on the side of a building by a popular metro stop and was conceptualized and executed by local artists. It features some giant smiling flowers emerging from urban buildings and the words, Create Together for Tomorrow. Converse has already commissioned one of these murals in Bangkok and will soon be completing additional ones in Belgrade, Lima, Sydney, Yakarta, Manila, Sao Paulo, Santiago, Johannesburg, Melbourne, Bogota, and Panama City. But they are not the only ones erecting smog-fighting murals. Studio Rosegard in the Netherlands used the same photocatalytic paint to paint billboards in Monterey, Mexico. Rosegard also produced the world's largest air purifier in Beijing, which, quoting again, filters 30,000 cubic meters of clean air per hour and turns the pollutants into literal diamonds that are then sold to pay for the construction of new devices. End quote. So apparently, Studio Rosegard is one to keep your eyes on, because what even? I am once again amazed at the creative solutions that people are figuring out to help the environment, and, you know, I hope we only continue to see more of this on bigger scales. Like many places, the Walla Walla Public Library in Washington is using this period of closure to undergo some renovations on their property. But as they were getting ready for demolition on part of the library, they made an unusual discovery. When facilities worker Louise Cular removed a corner panel on some 1970s-era shelving with an open top, he discovered five dusty, unopened cans of beer and a torn-open bag of Godzilla Heads chewing gum. Writing on Facebook, the library said, quote, Godzilla Heads gum dates to the late 1980s and the rule that requires warnings to be printed on alcohol containers was enacted in November 1988. So we think the goods were there for upward of 30 years. Talk about a long shelf life, end quote. And the best part of this curious discovery? It was found in the mystery section of the library. Really. I mean, the mystery section, walla walla, Godzilla heads gum. It's just, it's all so weird and perfect. I'd almost think someone had fabricated the story if I hadn't seen the photos. I mean, I guess the photos could be staged, but still, this is just a perfectly bizarre story that could only be made better if some former employee or patron of the Walla Walla Public Library hears about it and fesses up to complete the tale.
That is it for today. But remember, tomorrow the show changes to the Kotki Ride Home. So if you keep your podcast feed in alphabetical order or you look us up manually every day or something, look for Kotki, K-O-T-T-K-E, not good news. But for now, I am Jackson Bird. I hope you all have a good rest of your day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.